unspoken expectations create front-loaded resentment. If I can't go ask your team, why does this business exist? And where is this business going? And what does this business stand for? And they don't passionately respond, well, then, then you have more work to do within mission, vision, and values. Well, hey there, it's so good to be with y'all today. If we have not yet had the pleasure of meeting, my name's Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, if you're new to the podcast, our mission at Path for Growth is that we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission, how that why comes to life for leaders and individuals like you around the country and, quite frankly, around the world now, which is so cool. So we're going to jump right in today because this is a content episode, and we really focus in these content episodes on providing you with efficient and engaging content that makes you a stronger individual and a more effective leader. And I'm so excited because today we're talking about a topic that I think represents a mindset shift, but it also represents a better way to do work. And what's so cool about the topic that we're going to talk about today is that it applies to every single level of the org chart. If you are the owner and CEO of your organization, or if you are the intern in an organization, I guarantee you what we're going to talk about today can apply to you where you're at. And there should be specific actionable things that you can go and do as a result of listening to this episode today. Because today we're talking about the topic of contribution. And I love that word contribution because I think that it's a word that oftentimes the larger an organization becomes, the less we think about our work as a contribution. But in reality, if your work isn't a contribution, if it's not driving some outcome, if it's not pointed towards some result, then all you're doing is filling a seat. And you may not even be doing that very well. So we've got to be intentional. We've got to be deliberate about thinking about what are the contributions that we are not just haphazardly making? What are the contributions that we're accidentally making? I want you to think about the contributions that you are deliberately making towards your organization and towards your customers. I want you to be intentional about your contributions. And so today we're going to focus on three contributions. And the reason why I think this is so important is really outlined so perfectly by a guy named Peter Drucker. Now, it's so unfortunate that there's a lot of people out there today that don't know that name Peter Drucker because it's my belief that he was one of the most thoughtful and most thorough business writers of probably the past century. Peter Drucker is known as the father of modern management. Sadly, he passed away in 2005. He wrote so many books. In one of them, called The Effective Executive, he really dives into this topic of contribution. And man, if you're working on your time management, if you're working on aligning your organization around its results and not just its tasks, I would so highly recommend that book. But here's what he says in The Effective Executive on the topic of contribution. Peter writes, the focus on contribution is key to effectiveness. In a person's own work, its content, its level, its standard, and its impacts. In his relations with others, his superiors, his associates, his subordinates. In his use of the tools of the executives, such as meetings or reports. The focus on contribution turns the executive's attention away from his own specialty, his own narrow skills, his own department, and toward the performance of the whole. It turns his attention to the outside, the only place where there are results. This is so powerful to understand. 
that too often we get stuck focusing into the organization, focused on problems and mistakes and pitfalls and disciplinary issues and difficult conversations and firings that actually has nothing to do with the results we're trying to achieve. And in fact, they actually represent blockers and barriers to those desired results. Now, we can't ignore those, but the tragedy is that so often we get caught up into this tornado of focusing on the mistakes, focusing on the disciplinary issues, focusing on the fires that need to be put out. We get so buried in all of that we stop focusing on the results that actually matter. We stop focusing on the contributions that we actually care about. And so that's why this topic of contribution is absolutely crucial, I believe, for you as an impact-driven leader, but I also believe to be trickled into your organization. I believe that every organization would improve both in efficiency and effectiveness if they could create a culture that was not focused on what I can consume, but rather focused on what can I contribute. And today, we're going to talk about three contributions that you can uniquely make as an impact-driven leader that we believe you should be focusing on. Because people always say, I want to do the things that only a leader can do. I want to do the things that only a leader can do. Okay, if you want to do the things that only a leader can do, then you you better be focused on making the right contributions. And so the three that we're going to walk through today, I'm going to give them to you high level, and then we're going to walk through and dive into each of them is going to be a, you can contribute a compelling vision, number one, you can contribute an environment for unity, number two, and you can contribute a framework for accountability and support. Again, a compelling vision, an environment for unity, and a framework for accountability and support in your organization. And here's what I want you to hear before we jump into these contributions when properly provided, represent the highest and best use of the leader's time. But what's so cool about these contributions, and we've already alluded to this a little bit, is that they can apply to any level on the org chart. You can bring these three things to your sphere of influence starting right now. Maybe you're a solopreneur and all you have is volunteers and interns. I guarantee you, you can bring a a sense of compelling vision, an environment for unity, and a framework for accountability and support. Maybe you're a CEO of 500 people, and I guarantee you the organization will absolutely benefit if you have increased intentionality on contributing compelling vision for your sphere of influence, an environment for unity, and a framework for accountability and support. So what I want you to focus on as we walk through this content is making sure that you are thinking about how can I actionably apply these three contributions to my sphere of influence. And as we walk through this content, it's going to be a lot really fast. So let's start with number one. The number one contribution that you can make as an impact-driven leader is a compelling vision. Now, we've spent a fair amount of time already on this podcast talking about what it means to catch and then to cast a compelling vision for your team, for your organization, and quite frankly, for yourself. Because here's the deal. Leadership is taking people from here to there. That is the most simple definition of leadership there is. Anyone can deal in generalities. Leaders deal in specifics. And if you can't specifically say, this is where I'm trying to take people, this is my vision for where we are going, well, then eventually you're not going to have anyone following you at you at all because you're not really leading people anywhere. You're just taking a walk through the wilderness. We know that this is crucial. Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. I love when people say the Bible isn't clear. It literally says, if you don't have vision, you're going to die, right? 
but Eugene Peterson, oh man, Eugene Peterson, he's, he's this author. He just recently passed away uh, and you've heard me talk about him on this podcast before, but he wrote a modern day translation in his words of every verse in the Bible. And this, this verse, the way he translated it just absolutely rocked my world with regard to the way he describes the topic of vision. This is what he says. He says, when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Ooh, isn't that so true? But here's the second part, and this is this is just what gets me so amped, and this is why I think this, this topic for leaders is so necessary. He says, when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, then they will be most blessed. So I've told you before, I'm not going to hide what I believe, but I'm also not going to press my beliefs on you. But regardless of whether you believe in the same God that I do, whether you believe in a God or not, we can all we can all agree that there's something powerful that happens when a leader decides to attend to what is being revealed to them. And based on what is being revealed to them right now about the strengths, about the opportunities, about what they can predict in the marketplace, about what's coming around the corner, about how they can best serve their people, about what's going on with their team, when they start attending to those things that have been revealed to them, well, then people are most blessed, as that verse says. People thrive when a leader says, I'm going to start actually paying attention. But think about that phrase real quick. It costs you something. You're going to pay. There's an opportunity cost when you decide to attend to something, but this is something that only you can do as leaders. And if you are so buried in the muck and mire of mistakes and disciplinary issues and day-to-day working in the business with regard to your organization that you miss out on being able to pay attention, well, then, then you've stopped actually leading. This is why vision is so important. People Teams, leaders thrive when they have a compelling vision of where they are going. It was so cool. I was in an intensive just about last week, and our business and leadership intensive that we do really takes a deep dive with the key stakeholders on our team. These are typically the owner and some crucial leaders. And specifically, our business and leadership one is we say, okay, we're going to all get on the room and, and for where the business is at today, we're going to make sure that we sometimes define and sometimes refine the mission, the why of the organization, the values of the organization, what we stand for. And in light of those purpose and values, well, then we're going to say, let's define where we are going. And it was so crazy how this team of people, whenever we really, really put our head together, I mean, it took, we, we spent probably about six hours till we got to this topic of vision and we clarified these things. And we, we said, we're going to take everything that's out on your head because this organization is going to scale really fast. And if we don't define the purpose that's in the founder's head to be able to be passed on in the onboarding process to someone that he may never meet because of how fast this is going to grow, well, then, then this isn't going to work and it's all going to collapse from the inside. So, so we really spent a lot of time and hard work. And then we got to this topic of vision and it was so powerful to watch how once we started putting words to where the founder and the key stakeholders said, this is where we're going. And we created a statement. We created a statement that says, this is where we are going three to five years from now. It was crazy to see the room absolutely light up. Like seriously, people started standing up. I saw people start to smile and people started to laugh and people started to get excited and people started to dream and said, well, if we can do that, then then maybe we could do this. And people started to say, oh, and this could be a possible strategy for getting there. Listen, whenever you give people a destination, whenever you give people a finish line, when you say, okay, let's just talk about it. Maybe it can happen. Maybe it can't. But, but say that it could happen. What would it take to get there? 
Suddenly, you're not relying on people's compliance. Suddenly, you're relying on their creativity because you're providing them with a compelling vision. If you are an impact-driven leader, it is one of your greatest opportunities, but more than that, one of your greatest responsibilities to provide people of a compelling vision of where the organization is going. But here's what's so cool. As I was thinking about this lesson, one of the things that I recognized is that good leaders catch vision. Great leaders cast vision. So good leaders catch vision. Great leaders cast vision. And now here's what I want you to hear. Life-changing leaders coach vision. If you want to change someone's life, if you want to change the trajectory of someone's career, if you want to make someone better at their job, but also better in every single arena in which they live, start coaching vision. And here's what that means. Sometimes people think vision has to happen at an annual retreat on a stage with PowerPoint slides. Absolutely false. The greatest vision coaching moments that I've ever had in the history of my career is when someone that I respected and that tr- that I trusted sat down with me across the table with a cup of coffee and said, Alex, this is where we're going. And I see all this potential in you. And I want to believe in you, maybe even before you believe in yourself. And this is how how you fit into where we are going as an organization. If you want to see people light up, if you want to change the trajectory of someone's career, if you want to bring the best out of someone, which is one of your greatest callings as a leader, start coaching vision into people. So we said that the first contribution that you can and should be making as a leader is a compelling vision for the sphere of influence that you are leading. Now, the second contribution that I want to talk about, something that you can be uniquely focused on creating and contributing as a leader, not just consuming it, but creating it, is an environment for unity. I want you to hear this real quick. Most teams lack the unity to keep them where their talent takes them. I'm going to say it again. Most teams lack the unity to keep them where their talent takes them. You can have the smartest, most competent, most effective, most talented team in the world. And if you cannot unify them around a common vision and around a common set of values and mission, it's not going to matter. Because if all of these talented, driven, high-performing individuals are all pulling even just in a degree of a different direction, you're going to look up a year from now and it's going to be an absolute mess. Because what's going to happen is internal dissension infighting, backbiting, and gossip. I've seen it happen before, and I don't want that for you. So you've got to be responsible as a leader for creating an environment of unity. Now, here's the deal. You cannot force people to unify. I want you to hear that real quick. You cannot force people to unify, but what you can do is create an environment as a leader where unity is the likely outcome. You can focus on that. And so I want you to hear is that there's some intentional things that you can do as a leader that you can invest time, energy, manpower into, resources into as a leader to make sure that that you are creating that environment, that you are starting to create that environment where unity will likely occur. So number one is recognition and encouragement. Now, I think we all like to say that we prioritize recognition and encouragement, but but what doesn't get scheduled doesn't get done. And I'm not talking about the things that you do occasionally. I'm talking about the things that you do every single day. Pat Lencioni says that the three signs of a miserable job are immeasurement, irrelevance, and anonymity. And think about that word irrelevance. Irrelevance means that people start to believe this lie that what they do doesn't matter. 
And recognition is the antithesis of that, right? Because when you recognize someone, you're saying, hey, I see you and it matters. I see your work and it matters. So don't just say like, oh, like, yes, I believe in recognition. I'll do it when it comes up. No, schedule time to be able to walk around your office, to be able to walk around your shop, to be able to go out into the field and offer intentional recognition. Seriously, one of my guys, he's in construction right now that I get to work with regularly. And I just love his heart behind creating a culture of unity within his business because he's trying to change the construction industry altogether. And you can't do that if you don't change it on the job site. And so he goes out to his guys that are on job sites and he says, I'm going out looking to catch people doing something right. He goes out to three job sites a week and he says, I want to catch people doing something right. And maybe I've got a Starbucks gift card or maybe uh, maybe I've got something else that I can give them to say, hey, I recognize you and I value you. So number one, recognition and encouragement has to be a priority. Number two, repetition of the mission, vision, and values. It's so sad. Uh, so often we'll ask a business, hey, do you have clear mission, vision, and values? And they say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on top of it. And then we say, what are they? And they say, I don't know. Let me go pull out a binder in the bottom drawer of my filing cabinet. No, <laughs> no you don't have mission, vision, and values, right? You don't have it if it's, if it's in the binder. And also, if it's a paragraph long, you don't have it. If I can't go ask your team, why does this business exist? And where is this business going? And what does this business stand for? And they don't passionately respond. Well, then, then you have more work to do within mission, vision, and values. Now, some people may be saying, well, our culture is different or our industry is different. Here's the deal. You are the lid. Okay. And if, if your aim is that our industry is different, so we will never have people that are passionate about our mission, vision, and values. If that's your aim and that's your limiting belief, then you're right. You are absolutely right. You will never have people that are passionate, but I have seen people in every single industry. I've been doing this for a long time now. I've seen people in every single industry say that, you know what? We're not going to accept what most of the industry accepts as normal and as okay. We're going to strive for having a workforce that is passionately engaged, not just in the day-to-day work that they do, but in why they do the day-to-day work that they do. And part of getting there is defining it, number one, and getting it crystal clear and making sure you believe in it with just absolute passion, but then saying it over and over and over again. I'll be super honest with you. There's a reason why I state the mission of our business every time I start this podcast. And it's because the customers that I want to attract, I want them to be just as passionate about the mission of the business as I am. Not even just our team. Our team, it's like, yeah, yes, of course, right? Like that is everything we're looking for in our interview process right now is are they deeply, deeply passionate about the mission, vision, and values of where Path for Growth is going and why it exists. But I'm trying to create it in the customers. Because if we can get customers that eat, sleep, and breathe this just as much as we do, well, then I would call that winning as a business. You have to repeat it. You have to say it over and over and over again. And to be able to do that, you have to know it. So number one was recognition and encouragement. Number two was repetition of the mission, vision, and values, why we exist, what we stand for, where we're going. And then finally, genuine care for the people that make up the team. We've heard it all before. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. and. We all know that leader that whenever it comes down to it and they have a choice to make between the results and the relationships, they point towards results. Don't be that leader. Don't be that person. We also know that leader 
and I hope that you've experienced this type of leadership, that when push comes to shove, you know that you know that you know that you know that their priority is the relationship, that their priority is the person, that their priority is that individual's well-being, and that they are going to do whatever they can that is within their bounds as a leader to be able to serve that person. And what I will tell you is that like you may not have the opportunity to show that in-depth level of genuine care for everyone on your team, but when you do it for one person, I want to tell you, I've seen it before. I saw this at Ramsey Solutions like crazy. Dave was so genuine about the way, way that he cared about people, but there were 950 people. But whenever he did something that was like, oh my gosh, that's just outrageous in terms of how much care and intentionality there is in that, people talked about it. Now, that wasn't his goal, that wasn't his effort, but it was the result. Genuine care goes a long way, and most of the ripple effect of that you will never even see, but it's the right thing to do. So we said that you've got to be intentional about creating an environment for unity, about contributing to an environment for unity. And some of the things that you can focus on is creating a rhythm and a cadence of recognition and encouragement, making sure that you've got repetition of the mission, the values, and the vision in your organization. And finally, that you genuinely care for the people that make up the team, not just as workers, not as units of production, but as people. So we said that number one, you're going to contribute a compelling vision. Number two, you're going to contribute an environment for unity. And number three, you're going to contribute a framework for accountability and support. Here's the deal. There's two pieces to accountability that are so, so, so important, right? You need to properly set expectations and then you need to regularly communicate. Again, you need to properly set expectations And then you need to regularly communicate. I heard this quote once that unspoken expectations are front-loaded resentment. Isn't that so true? When we don't speak what we're expecting as a leader, or when you as a team member, if you're in an organization, don't speak what you're expecting, but you hold those expectations anyway, you are front-loading resentment. You are front-loading frustration. You are front-loading anger. You are front-loading disappointment because unspoken expectations create front-loaded resentment. So what I want you to hear is that expectations without accountability, they're useless. You can tell people that you expect standards and you can tell people that you expect a certain quality of work. You can tell people that you expect them to hit certain results. And if you don't have a cadence for accountability, it's absolutely useless. We, we all We all need accountability. I need accountability in my life if I actually want something to move. What you focus on as a leader will improve. That principle applies to you too. If you're the owner of an organization, that applies to you. So yes, maybe you have expectations for yourself, but what's your rhythm for accountability? Do you have a board? Do you have some advisors? Are you part of a mastermind? Maybe you have a mentor. Maybe you have a coach. But who's holding you accountable? Because expectations without accountability are useless. But here's the flip side of this. Accountability without expectations is miserable. Again, if someone applies accountability to things they never stated that they expect, there's a word for that. It's called a horrible workplace. That's not a word. That's like three words. But I mean, it matters, right? There are too often times whenever people provide accountability with the absence of expectations. 
my assistant, Lane, used to work for a rather large company, and she told me a story recently about the fact that we were doing a KRA workshop, which is really clarifying expectations for individual roles and the owners and leaders of an organization. We were doing that within the Path for Growth community. And in order to prepare for that, we I sat down with her, and we wrote her KRA for Path for Growth. And we were walking through it, and she said, Alex, this is crazy. She said, I worked for a company once that literally they didn't do something like this until someone was on a 90-day plan about to be fired. She said, you could work for the organization for years without having expectations clearly stated until you're about to do something wrong, until you're about to be fired. And then they say, okay, it's probably worth it to communicate expectations. (laughs) What the heck? That is everything that is wrong with corporate America. Listen, serve your people by properly communicating and clarifying your expectations and then creating a rhythm of healthy accountability. Now, people thrive when expectations are clear and accountability is consistent. The word that's in there that's really, really important is the word consistency. It's not what you do occasionally. It's what you do over and over and over again. And we said that you don't necessarily be the one to to provide accountability and support, but you better create a framework where that happens in your organization. And as a leader, there should be people that directly report to you that you are providing it directly to. So here's five questions that you can ask in a one-on-one meeting with anyone that will help you provide accountability and support that's actually supportive, that's actually healthy, and that's actually productive. So here they are, five questions that you can ask. Number one is, what is your top priority right now? Number two is, what does winning look like? Number three, what are blockers that are getting in the way right now? Number four is, how can I help? And number five is, when should we follow up? What is your top priority right now? What does winning look like in that priority? What are the blockers that are getting in the way? How can I help with those blockers? And when should we follow up? Now, that's not saying like, oh my gosh, I'm going to come down and just be a boss to you. That's being a leader that is serving someone by helping them clarify a vision for their role, saying, what does winning look like? Identifying the things that are getting in the way and then serving them by stepping in to actually help. That is such a powerful thing and people will thrive whenever you provide them with that. And you can do that in under 20 minutes, but you have to be intentional. And that's why all of these contributions, the compelling vision, the environment for unity, the framework for accountability and support, these are not haphazard contributions. They are not accidental contributions. What you schedule is what gets done. These are intentional contributions. Y'all, I hope that this was helpful for you. I hope that these are things that you can take and say like, I'm going to put this to action, maybe in the business that I own, or maybe with the individuals that I lead, or maybe just in my sphere of influence. If it was helpful, we'd be grateful if you would do a a couple things. Number one, tag us on social media at Path for Growth. My name's Alex Judd and and my, my social media handle is at Judd on the run. We love seeing how you're taking this information and bringing it to life. I love all of you that send me messages. That's so helpful for me and knowing what content you love to see. Also rate and review, subscribe and share this stuff because we want people who have not yet heard about Path for Growth to get this content in their life. Y'all know that we're grateful for you. We're rooting for you. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.